0: Mothers are the queens of the castle, but let's be real. It's not all ball gowns and
1: glass slippers. On this podcast, we're giving you a peek behind the throne at the privilege and responsibility of wearing the crown. My name is Helen Hope Kimbrough, and I'm a proud wife and mom of two adult sons. And I'm Charlita Hatch,
0: a proud wife, married to my high school sweetheart, and a proud mom to two little ones. Get ready as we share jewels with each other, and you around all things connected to motherhood. The most disrespected person in America is the Black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the Black woman. The most neglected person in America is the Black woman.
1: Malcolm X, 1962. Thank you so much for talking about that quote today as we have our second iteration of talking about affirmative action. But also highlighting and emphasizing what has occurred with Dr. Claudine Gay, who retired from her um, position at Harvard this week as president of Harvard. And you and I, I think we thought it was just important for us to just join together and come to the table, uh, really, just to come in support of her. But then also just to talk about microaggressions around um, Black women and what women have to carry, the burdens that they have to carry. We wanted to lift and bring those up today. In talking about that, I did want to at least share just a background about Dr. Game so that people are aware Um, Dr. Gay is an American political scientist and academic administrator who was the 30th president of Harvard University and is the Wilbur A. Cowett Professor of Government and of African-American Studies at Harvard. Gay's research addresses American political behavior, including voter turnout, politics and race identity. So after reading her bio, I was just like, wow, wow not only did she have information in you know, this topic that we're going to cover today, it's really educating us all around what she's been teaching at Harvard all of these years and probably in other institutions as well. Uh, something else to highlight is her role was only six months. I don't know what you can do, I don't know how much you can learn in six months, but she decided to step down after six months and will remain on staff at the university. And that does something to my soul. A thousand percent.
0: I, I, I feel like that's humiliating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as you start to think through to your point around the six months tenure and how many things within the first six months or a year of your job, maybe you don't say all the right things. You probably make some, some mistakes. And how much grace is given to people who do not look like Black women, an unprotected group, um, versus people who are. And then to say, not only do you step down from this coveted senior leadership role, you can stay there and teach, though.
1: Agreed. You're good enough to teach. Yeah.
0: But you're not good enough to lead. I know. Because you made a mistake Mm -hmm. that has been found not even super egregious. Like you're found not guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is so disappointing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which, I mean, even hearing about her resignation and understanding, you know, why she resigned, I i couldn't fathom the amount of hate mail she received mm-hmm. or emails she received or calls, Um, you know, just walking down the street, what things were shouted at her. I can't imagine it. It almost um, is, sounds like something that would happen like out of the civil rights movement if I were to put like a description of action around it and, um, and for her safety, for her security, um, even for her mental health. Like, you know what? I don't need all this. <laughs> I don't need all this. I'm going to step back. I'm going to step down and I'm going to um, resign.
0: And I find it so
1: shocking that in...
0: 2023, whenever someone is the first of anything, oh, yeah. because, you know, it, it. we have so many images mm-hmm. of the civil rights era that are black and white. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels so long ago. Mm-hmm. And then you have to put it into context that my parents were 10 years old when Martin Luther King was shot mm-hmm. and assassinated. They get went to integrated schools when they were in high schools here in Charlotte. They yeah. didn't go to an integrated school until mm-hmm. they were in high school. Mm-hmm. And so it feels far away, mm-hmm. but we, we're we not that far away. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to talk about equity, mm-hmm. when we start to talk about diversity, when we start to talk about microaggressions and discrimination, the people who were throwing books at kids, yelling yes. at them, spitting at them, yes. blocking them from coming into school, yes. they're literally still alive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, there, uh, there was someone who made a term that was like, you know, it's no longer in the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. It's like Jim Choir Quir- Jim Crow Esquire. Oh, it's yeah. In a suit now. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what gladden Gay experienced. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. the suit version. Yep. Um. And it's it's completely hard, especially for Black women, when you have the double. Minority of being Black and a woman to be first. Yes. And to know that you have the weight of the world, the country, your future generations on your back. Mm -hmm. That now people can say, see, we tried to let a Black woman do it. And look what happened. Yes, of course. And so she's already wearing that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Already wearing that. Yes. And to know that people do not understand the burden. Yeah. And I often talk about the spaces in which I've been the only, where I've been, you know, one of few leaders that mm-hmm. have had an opportunity and I don't find it to be a bragging right at all mm-hmm. because the emotional and mental labor that you experience yes. in those spaces, you don't,
1: if you're a girl, girl's girl, like I am, you don't want to be in there by yourself. No. You don't want to be in the ring by yourself. No, absolutely not. I mean, I know with, you know, my current role, it was important for there to be a person of color on the team. I don't even know if I would have accepted the role because I said, you know what, I'm tired of being in just spaces by myself. It's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. No one really understands the plight that you go through or the walk that you go through. So even if you just have another person that you're able just to decompress with or even glance across the room with, I mean, it's actually liberating. And for the first time, I said, you know what, no more, because I had always been that person and accepting of it. And I was just like, but you know what, a a small part of me is always missing when I do this. And I keep, Mm -hmm. you know, playing like that blame game too. like, oh, you know, if I had, I mean, if only they could do this, if only they could do that, where as I had to come to terms and say, you know what, no, I'm taking this. No, I have to have another person on my team of color. And it's important to continue to open up that door so that others join you uh, who are women or individuals of color on your team.
0: And I even think about just even in the school environment and, um, you know, educating the leaders at my son's school, um, that diversity is not just for others, it's also for my kids. And so I appreciate the fact that he's the diversity for other Mm -hmm. kids, but Mm -hmm. he needs other people that look like him in the classroom as well. Yes, yes. For that very reason. Yes. And I think sometimes people don't think about that mm-hmm. from that view mm-hmm. um, because even and still when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion is still centered. White people are still centered. In it. Yes. And so how do we provide diversity for them? Yes. How do we provide diversity for men, mm-hmm. right? But the actual marginalized group is mm-hmm. not in the center of the conversation Agreed. and that's the group you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: I also think about how difficult and hard it is when you are having to educate people around Mm -hmm. about what you say, what you don't say, what is needed, Mm -hmm. what type of support. Mm -hmm. It is, and it it, often that burden and that work falls Mm -hmm. on black women. It does. And I I don't always understand why black men don't have Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. They have their own feelings Mm -hmm. and they have their own journey. Mm -hmm. And I will definitely not take it away. But when you go into the workplace, or to school, Mm -hmm. they're not wearing the mantle Mm -hmm. like Black women,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
0: And so then it takes you further into- That aggression
1: versus assertive mantle. Right?
0: And then it takes you further into like all the major movements Mm -hmm. across the country from voting rights to Black Lives Matter. Black women are the ones on the front lines. Black women are the ones knocking down the doors. Black women are the ones- at trying to get policy changes and doing all of these. And then they're left out. Mm-hmm. Voting rights, left out. Mm-hmm. For years, Black Lives Matter, left out, mm-hmm. right? And why is that?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have no.
0: Why are we the most unprotected group? Mm-hmm. The yep. one that has to sacrifice. And then while you're being sacrificed, mm-hmm. used, tokenized, poster child, there's not even an acknowledgement yeah. that that's the role that you're playing. I that agree. that's the burden yeah. that you're playing. Yeah. It's like you should be lucky
1: yeah. to S- be here. Sacrifice with the most leadership. Like I... The most educated. The most educated. Statistics show it. Most active,
0: involved. Yes. And, and yes. feeling like you have to actually do that mm-hmm. to prove that you are qualified to be there. great. And so when I first came out of school... Um, in 2006. So, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago-ish, I was working and this man pulled me to the side and he said, keep doing what you're doing because you don't act like your name. Oh and my
1: God!
0: Whole, whole life, I never even thought my name was ghetto. I oh. never thought my name was ghetto. My Grandfather's name is Charles. Mm-hmm. I knew I was named after him. Mm-hmm. N- names that end in A, mm-hmm. I makes it feminine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I never mm-hmm. thought of my name being ghetto. I was 23. I was so shocked that that was said to me. And I went to the bathroom. I called my mom. And she, of course, lifted me up. You know who you are. You know who you come <laughs> Thank from. you, mom. You know who, whose child you are. Yes. And so she did that. But I told her also I felt like a sellout because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to handle that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to say but this I is crossing those, the line yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, and then even to this day, it carries with me because I'm like, I should have said something mm-hmm. because who knows what else he's saying. But that again, is harm. That is trauma. Yeah. You were shocked though. I was totally taken. Yeah. I mean, I was like, mm-hmm. you're giving me a compliment, but it's kind of backhanded. And, yeah. then, and then in some way, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest, mm-hmm. I was actually happy mm-hmm. that he was like, I'm different. Like, mm-hmm. like being accepted into this, co- this group of people yeah. where I'm the only black person on the team mm-hmm. and I'm the youngest and he's mm-hmm. like, you're different. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, kind of like a double minded yeah. thing that yeah. Uh, yeah. W.W.Y. talks about because I'm like, I'm accepted, but I sold out. Yeah. Because I didn't say anything. Yeah. But I didn't know what to say. Yeah. But. He's proud of me, but this is weird because I'm black but he thinks I'm not. And it's just that constant
1: mental cycle. I agree. And now that you're talking about names, like I have a name story because I would go to places. My name is Helen. Helen, a boring name. Helen, mostly white name. You don't really see a lot of Helens. I would go to places and say, yes, I'm I'm here. My name is Helen. Um, Helen, your your name is Helen? Yes, my name is Helen, Helen Hope. Okay, yeah, they would check. And then, you're, you should, I'm Helen. Yes, that's my name. I'm confident that's <laughs> <not> the name. <laughs> that is me. And so it's the complete opposite. Like, how could you have a name as simple as Helen? It's like, it's my birth given name. This is what they named me. And then when I go and, you know, and further say, uh, my name is um, Greek, you know, like I know the meaning of my name, my name, it means light. And then it's like, how do you know all of that about your name? Because my parents taught me that information about my name. And so all of those things, I feel, I feel you. It's it's those type of instances that people, you know, will end up placing on you. And then you feel some kind of way which is maybe a reason why I didn't like my name for so long. Like I tell people I had to grow into my name mm. because I would literally hear people kind of say those snide remarks, just like you heard a snide remark about your name. Like, am I supposed to watch my name should be something else? Like my name should be like more African. Like I have this name that's Helen and it's boring and it's not cool. Um, so I, I feel you with that.
0: And see, I grew up liking my name because it was like a Beyonce type name. Yes. You know, you don't hear a lot of Charlita. Yes. That Beyonce plug in there. <laughs> um, but that made me self-conscious. And so then I started to change my resume to be CD. Mm-hmm. I used my initials for a while because I was like, oh, again, really I never mm-hmm. thought my name was like mm-hmm. a stereotypical black mm-hmm. name or ghetto mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. unprofessional, whatever mm-hmm. type of
1: mindset that people have. Right.
0: I never thought that until that man said that. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I can't use my name on my resume.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, that's also proven that if you have a name that people don't recognize, that you may be looked over for jobs. That's another, what, microaggression that Mm -hmm. people actually deal with. They don't get employed because of their name. Yep. They don't even get in the door. They don't even get a call back. So, um, I think that was something that was intentional that my father was like, you will have a five letter name because he was like, no, we're not having long names up in here. Like he was names meant something to him, which is why he, you know, basically described my name and gave me the definition of it. He did the same thing for my kids. He's like, you need to know what your name means. You need to know what your name means. So if, no one else, if you don't know, you'll be able to tell and share that information with other people. So it's kind of like something that he passed down, mm-hmm. you know, to us so that we would know it. But I mean, but even if your name is different, OK, your name is different. Yeah. Like, but this is the name that they were given. So let's move on with it. Let And then they're hireable. They're smart. You know, they have all of these different skills that they bring to the table. We need to, you know, applaud that. I never feel like I'm given anything. It
0: mm-hmm. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm a hard worker. I know that I have high standards. I know I do work with excellence, black excellence mm-hmm. at that, mm-hmm. which is a positive. Mm-hmm. And I know that I earn my spot, Thank my you. space, yes, in every way, yes. Um, and I'm. A, I mean, I. I think it's a good thing. In some ways, I feel like, you know, if you believe in meritocracy, there are things where you're like, you know, you've proven yourself, you know, maybe we're going to give you a little more responsibility than maybe you have earned, mm-hmm. right? But you've got some history. I haven't had those mm-hmm. in those experiences, but I've, I've earned my spot. And so I got promoted in June of 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's the height of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. but I was killing it. Mm-hmm at work, mm-hmm. doing all the things, like always. And two people came up to me and said,
1: How did you get I'm that? so
0: sorry that you're being promoted right now because now it's going to make it look like you're just being promoted because of Black Lives Matter. I didn't make that association. Didn't even think about it because I knew that I, you had I was, was waiting on the promotion yeah, to so. come to me, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, you're saying this? because you think this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. it's two people at two different times. So mm-hmm. now this is actually the the rumor, the mm-hmm. conversation yeah. that's happening mm-hmm. that, oh, they just gave her a promotion because mm-hmm. it's Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And the company wants to check the box mm-hmm. to say like they promote black people. Yeah. Forget the numbers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And just the fact that Again, when people are like, you do too much, you're doing this, you're doing that. Some of that is rooted in subconsciously feeling like you're making sure people know, like you're supposed to be there. Yes. That it wasn't given to you. Yeah. That it's not because you're unqualified mm-hmm. or any of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And that's my own work yes. that I have to do and yes. unlearn. Mm-hmm.
1: But I know that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those areas where we talk about, like, no, they earned that, right? Because even when President Obama was elected to office and people would say, well, y'all got y'all's president now. And it's like, he earned his way to be there. What are you talking about? People voted for him. I mean, this is- And
0: way more than just Black people, because Black people don't (laughs) have the numbers to, like, totally select one president. Yeah,
1: like, he earned that right. And, I mean- his scholastic, uh, academic, you know, person, who he is, everyone was ready for him to be president. But uh, the majority of people were ready for him to be president. But also
0: the number of people who, anytime you brought up racist, mm-hmm. discriminatory, mm-hmm. microaggressive behavior, it was mm-hmm. like, come on, Obama's president. <laughs> like, that, that didn't happen anymore. Yeah. It, Obama's yeah. president. Well, and the- it's like one person... Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. win, one opportunity, mm-hmm. one president, Claudine Gay, yep. is not eradicating mm-hmm. for 400 years, yes. plus the fact that people who didn't want to be around Black people are still alive mm-hmm. and influencing the next generation. Yeah. That doesn't change.
1: It doesn't change. That. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. For a lot of that, when I think about, you know, Claudine Gay, even when I think about, you know, President Obama at that time also being first, Michelle Obama, first, you know, lady of our country. I mean, just the weight, again, that they have to carry in reference to that. Um, The self-care that has to go, you know, within that. The internal piece that you have to work on, like you said, I have to unlearn some things. So the learning that comes with it. But then the unlearning that also comes with it is heightened Mm -hmm. just because they are who they are and they are the first. And we still depend on them. Right. We still want them to speak up for everyone. We still want them to speak up on our behalf for our plight just because they were the first. But sometimes you just have to go into your own cocoon Mm. and do the work yourself. Retreat, relax, breathe, exhale, Find out some things that you want to do that are helpful to you so that you're not all things to every person that, you know, needs that. I have so many different
0: work stories. I've, you know, been working for almost 20 years and definitely have usually been the only. Um, but when President Obama was elected the first time, my old manager pulled me to the side and cried and was like, did black people just vote for Obama just because he was black? And you know, what does this mean for me and my kids? And oh, again, not
1: crying in a good way.
0: No, and it was one of those moments again that took me back to my first encounter, where I'm now consoling her in saying, like, no, 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 black people didn't just vote for Obama just because he's black. Like, he's qualified. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fine. And I still am, you know, mad at myself to this day mm-hmm. because I didn't have the language, I didn't have the words to, to say like, one, you're centering yourself. Mm-hmm. Two, this has nothing to do with you. Three, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, there, there, there. Mm-hmm. It's okay that there's a black mm-hmm. president. Mm-hmm. while wow. yeah. why were we at work?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I stopped doing that um i mean it takes you a while i feel like to learn that but when people feel that this is my attitude you don't have to feel that because this is what i feel every day
0: but also when they feel it now i know enough to say why you need to also sit in this but under figure figure out why you feel this way yeah mm-hmm. definitely you know? so you yeah. like i've never cried about anything that A a white person getting a promotion or a white person becoming president of the United States or, you know, a lot of it is because it's normalized. But why Mm -hmm. isn't black advancement normalized enough Mm -hmm. in 2023 to the point where it's
1: or. 2008, mm-hmm. to the point where it's bringing you tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But I mean, but for a Black person, like it's the elation, even when it is the first, right? Like we are like, we are rooting for you because sometimes we can't even fathom like this has happened because what is years and years of systemic racism that has not been granted, you know, to you, to us. And so when you see it, it's like, yes, finally, someone someone is in a role, someone's in a position. And then when it's taken away from you or you're fired or let go or whatever, then it is this feeling of let down to the whole community, let down to the whole. And people are like, what is happening? I mean, I don't know anybody who can do anything. Well, like you said earlier in six months, it literally takes you a year just to learn the climate, your workload, your client load. And sometimes it could take longer than that, but I give you a year. Right. I mean, even go to the point where she's in front of the Senate.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to believe she was coached mm-hmm. because I have been deposed mm-hmm. at work. Mm-hmm. All these things happen at work.
1: Girl, I like, have, you, I, have, I know. I have been deposed. You're ready. You, you're ready for next level, Charlita. That's what you're saying. You're just ready for next We're level, for next girl. Next level. <laughs>
0: well, I, I, I claim it. But I've been deposed, but before I had to go speak, when somebody was trying to sue my old company and I was involved in whatever it was, the amount of legal, my -hmm. leadership team, Mm -hmm. the communications that were like running cycles, Mm -hmm. they actually flew to me, which you usually fly to them. Yeah, Like people flew to me to like get me together for at least eight hours. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing they were like, only answer, because they were like, you talk too much. So you need to only answer the question, doesn't ask. Don't give no more. Don't give no less. Mm-hmm. But, you know. And then I had two people sitting with me. Wow. And they wouldn't leave. Like, they were supposed to leave, but they were like, nope. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely wasn't the Harvard president. Mm-hmm. So I got to believe she didn't walk into that mm-hmm. and not have done what she was told to do mm-hmm. with integrity, of course. Mm-hmm. And so again, how do you take the fall mm-hmm. yeah. for all of that mm-hmm. and your brand and mm-hmm. your reputation and have been the first and the narrative that come that is going around, mm-hmm. around Black women, leadership, going and now say you're plagiarizing, which mm-hmm. is unethical, you mm-hmm. know, like all of these things, which in academia would be just egregious in any industry, but certainly there.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's like you know she didn't go in there not doing what she was coached to do. Not just what she was coached to do. You you can tell anyone who is from that academic background, they do tons and tons of research even on their own, right? And they're also going to bring in, like you said, Harvard, they probably brought in their people. So they're going to sit down, make certain that all, you know, all of these things are going to occur and happen. Now, you're probably not ready for the hatred <laughs> that comes, you know, from people on the other side, because you see it. But when it's coming towards you, you're like, oh, my God, like, I didn't realize it was going to be this way. And I'm sure when she left, they're like, you know what? I answered the way that, you know, we were, we practiced, we were taught, we did these things. And you probably leave there like, you know, I did okay. And then when you get home, they like, no. Well, and because in that role, you're not answering on behalf
0: of yourself. You're answering, you're answering on behalf, on behalf yeah. of the institution. Yeah. Which is that, that. so again, you're being condemned. You're looking at for, processes, procedures. Yeah.
1: You're looking at all of those things that you put in place before the institution was, before you even got to the institution. Right.
0: And you have to say what you're supposed to say. Mm-hmm that may or may not be what your that, individual. Yeah, what is your hand say? Yeah. Right, because you have to answer on behalf. I mean, even if you um well this didn't happen at work, but I have been media trained mm-hmm. and um on with another organization and it was like you don't get to answer mm-hmm. how you feel mm-hmm. yeah or what you want to say yeah you have to answer on behalf of all these other people mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that was a big eye-opening thing for me that actually changed some of my own views of how far I want to go yeah. because I I do think I only want to represent myself mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I think that is a good mm-hmm. learning lesson yeah
1: yeah yeah and I know for her even just watching her like I was just I mean, I just had to go in like deep prayer for her, like deep Mm. prayer for her soul, for her spirit, for her family, because it ends up becoming, you know, the community. We know people. This is history. history. We watch history in the making. We are watching history in the making. We have friends who have kids, you know, at Harvard or who have graduated from Harvard. So we're thinking about them as well. And I was just like, you know, for everyone's wellness, health, all of those things, like I just had to go in deep prayer because I was saddened, saddened. And I'm like, Helen, why, why, why are you still so sad? I'm like, because this should not still be happening. That's why. That's why. I'm like so frustrated. It should not still be happening. It absolutely should not still be happening. When we see other people out here every day who do far more (laughs) egregious things, who should be sitting under a jail right now, and they are not. They still out here walking, talking, on media, doing all that. things. Ellen ain't gonna say it, but they trying to run for president. <laughs> there we go.
0: Of the United States, not you Harvard. You
1: know who I'm talking about? <laughs> not Harvard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Yes. And, and I'm just. Gonna and then like, we can get into standards. Yeah. Higher standards mm-hmm. for this role than that role. Mm-hmm. But the, what's what is what is the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One looks different than the other. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yep. Agree. And even coming here today, like, I was like, okay, we're going to talk about this, Charlita and I. And even being fearful in myself, like, what am I going to share? Like, what am I going to say? Where does that come from? I have an opinion about this. Why am I afraid to share my opinion? It's because what? It's your teaching. It's... You know, don't say too much. Don't talk too much. It's the look on my mom's face. Oh, mm-hmm. Lord, here she go. <laughs>
0: well, and you, I mean, because you're supposed to be thankful. And, and so I think, I don't know when I got to this, like, liberated, confident stage, because certainly I've given examples of where I haven't been. Mm-hmm. But I just know I'm supposed to be where I am. Mm-hmm. And I it's not that I'm so thankful to have this job or this role or whatever because it's given to me and I didn't earn it. And I feel like our parents' generation, Mm -hmm. that is how they felt, Mm -hmm. right? Like I even think about our school and all my mom and dad wanted for me is to be at schools with white people Mm -hmm. because they didn't go to integrated schools till high school. Mm -hmm. So their measure of excellence and standards, Mm -hmm. everything that all our ancestors fought for was Mm -hmm. for us to be able to be with white people, Mm -hmm. right? And you just keep your head down Mm -hmm. and just be thankful that you're there. And sitting there. But but being the child that's sitting there, I was like, this ain't what it's all cracked up to be. Mm. I don't like being the only. Mm-hmm. I don't like being singled out. I don't like everybody looking at me and to kill a mockingbird when they say the N-word, see mm-hmm. what my face going to look like. Yeah. I don't like people asking me, "What? About, why is it that you're so passionate about Black Lives Matter, but you don't care about Black people murdering other Black people, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't want to be the spokesperson Mm -hmm. for Black people. Mm -hmm. and But that's what our ancestors fought for, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what my parents fought for. And it's the best that they had when they were there. Mm -hmm. And to be in those environments and to cope in those environments, Mm -hmm. you were raised in survival. And to survival, you can't be too loud. You Mm -hmm. can't be too bold. Mm You can't wear your hair natural. Mm -hmm. Don't wear a whole bunch of colors. (laughs) You know, like that that was survival because we were taught to assimilate, mm-hmm. to not rock the boat mm-hmm. so that white people wouldn't kick us out because yeah. we were happy to have a spy. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, I don't feel like that mm-hmm. because I know even in affirmative action, which I know I have benefited from, yep. but not because I've been unqualified, mm-hmm. but because I was given an opportunity. I always say I need an interview. Yeah, Like I, I can get past the interview. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can usually get to the interview without mm-hmm. affirmative action. That's yeah. why I always check that I'm black and I'm a yeah. female yeah. in the questionnaire. But if I can get to the interview, I know I can close it because mm-hmm. once you meet me and you understand what I'm capable of, what I've done and what my potential is, yes. you want me on your team. Yes. I feel confident about yes. that. Mm-hmm. Affirmative action gives me the spot to be able to help you see that. Yes. Right. Agreed. And so I am okay of uh, not necessarily keeping my head down mm-hmm. and having the conversations because mm-hmm. I think, and this might be too big of a statement and, you know, we can walk it back, but I feel like this is the, my civil rights. Yeah. Oh, it is.
1: Is yeah. to
0: break down the barriers mm-hmm. in the glass ceilings in corporate America specifically. There's not a lot of black female technology leaders mm-hmm. and I want to make it a space that is inclusive and that people feel like there's upward mobility and they feel like they can have a family. Mm-hmm. And they that's why I try to live out loud so yeah. much mm-hmm. because I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Never worked for a black female leader. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it done. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is what I can do. This is what I can offer the, the generation coming up behind me. And hopefully it can be a force multiplier where there is more. Yeah because they see that it's possible yes. and not the exception. And that that requires bold leadership mm-hmm. but also being able to disrupt mm-hmm. in a way that can be accepted. And I feel like that's like my superpower. I feel like I'm a disruptor, Mm -hmm. but I'm a disruptor that can also get people on board, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm not here to like burn it down blazing. I always say I'm not here to leave dead bodies. I want everybody to come with me, but we got to change it. Mm -hmm. We got to do different. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. And you were talking a little bit just about your parents and, you know, just their outlook on everything. And I will say that, um, you know, both of my parents, you know, my parents, masters, my dad had doctorate, um, but I still feel like there was perfection that was woven into how do you twice as good, twice as good all the time. And that's another weight and burden that we carry because I mean, I'm amazed that my mind isn't broken down just because trying to be perfect all the time. And then when you, and I think that's why it hits so hard when you're not perfect, Right. Mm-hmm things fell apart. They didn't work out. Like, but why? I did everything right. You know, this opportunity didn't work out. And now, um, like my dad had given a gift to me and is like, Oh, well you guys can change it to make it what you want it. Because I think there's, you know, an imperfection in what I gave you that draft that I gave you for your housewarming gift. And I was like, we're not changing it. I mean, I think it's beautiful that it's imperfect. Like, I feel like right now I'm okay with being who I am, who God made me to be. I make mistakes. I fall. I fail. There are lessons in falling. There are lessons in failing. Um, but there's also success in that. I'm like, if I were perfect, I would be learning. I might as well be dead. But because I keep, continue to learn, evolve, grow, develop, I just feel like I'm better for it. And, uh, it's something that I share with my parents. So I know sometimes they may think I'm just too forward, you know, I'm too vocal. Um, and then they listen to the podcast and hear and me. And then they listen to the and podcast. And are like, oh, she fine. <laughs> well, my <laughs> mom's like, I love that Charlita.
0: <laughs> love you, too. <laughs> love you, too. <laughs> I love that
1: Charlita. So, um, yeah, so it's, you know, all of that. But I'm just kind of like, you know what? And I don't want to apologize, you know, well, anymore.
0: And then when I go back to slavery, mm-hmm. I mean... I think parenting in a a lot of research and studying that I'm doing, it comes from black parenting, survival. Mm -hmm. So your kids had to be perfect Mm -hmm. because you wanted them to come back home. Yes. You didn't want them sold off. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to ask your permission. Mm -hmm. You didn't know if they were going to be. So it's like, you need to go do what you're told. Keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. You know, be perfect. Follow the rules. And then if not, I'm going to beat you Mm out of love. Yeah. Because yes. I don't want anybody else to lynch you. Yeah. Right? Yes. And so I think that even though I think it's evolved, like, over time, it's still rooted in us that mm-hmm. in order to be okay, in mm-hmm. order to survive, in order to come back home, mm-hmm. you got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's not enough to just be perfect. Because I'm sure your parents told you, like they, my parents told me, you can't just do what white people do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's average for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Great for them is mm-hmm. average for you, which mm-hmm. is where twice as good comes from. Mm-hmm. Because even at your twice as good, then now you're just yeah. average to them. Yeah, you're just yeah. regular. Yes. and um, it and I I do think sometimes women go through it where they they have to prove. Mm-hmm. But again, the intersectionality with Black women
1: mm-hmm.
0: is the double.
1: Yeah, it is. It it's is. the double.
0: Agree. Mm-hmm. Agree. It's interesting to think about not only the experiences you've had in your life, how it's brought you through Mm -hmm. your own kind of journey. And I know, I think, especially when I was early on in my career, I wanted to disassociate Mm -hmm. and assimilate more Mm -hmm. to be accepted Mm -hmm. into whiteness and Mm -hmm. white spaces. To learn Um, that you weren't going to
1: be accepted
0: anyway. To learn that you were not going to be accepted anyway. And that hurts Mm -hmm. when you realize that when the chips fall, if you do make a mistake, mm-hmm. you are your version of Claudine Gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no wraparound protections looking out mm-hmm. for you. Like mm-hmm. it's easy to say, yep. see, mm-hmm. we thought she was different, but she's just like everybody else." Yeah, right. Yeah, and you, when you're winning, you're different, and when you make a mistake, which we all do, mm-hmm. you're like them. Yes, them. Yes, yes, yes. And what has you know? And sacrificed, sacrificed. She was yeah, sacrificed. sacrificed absolutely, sacrificed for the in the most elite institution. Yes. Um. And so then I think about just going back to like black women and our fights and like all the things we do for like civil rights, social justice to like make this place equitable and inclusive and all of that. And there's still to be an interesting relationship and dynamic between black women and white women.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: And I think I'd like to explore that a little bit with you, black mm-hmm. women and white women, mm-hmm. then black women and black men. Mm-hmm. Those are the two groups that mm-hmm. keep me up at night.
1: That keeps you up at night. It keeps me up at night. Wow. Girl, they don't keep me up at night. Why is that keeping you up at night? Um, I,
0: I think that. When it comes to black women and white women, Mm -hmm. there are so many opportunities, I think. And we're seeing a little bit more of it now Mm -hmm. where white women can do for black women what black women have done for white women. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it feels like white women don't acknowledge Mm -hmm. that all of the affirmative action and diversity has benefited them the most. I agree. Like yeah, like you're not it. the sins of your father, mm-hmm. but when you see something in the workplace that doesn't seem right or doesn't feel right, or in education or at the grocery store, like speaking up, speaking mm-hmm. out, being an ally, mm-hmm. um, it it's it's not there. And then if it does happen, there's a level of distrust there on both sides mm-hmm. that you can't accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it. It it doesn't. It and it's it's so interesting to me because I have people that I consider friends. Mm-hmm um and it it bothers me to not know when things happen mm-hmm. to me yep. my community mm-hmm. the silence of it all yeah or the explaining it away mm-hmm. or the crying or you
1: know that it Girl, is it's hard the crying can we just talk about the crying yes because it puts everything back on that plate mm. and it shouldn't be there that's why i'm like no you just going to cry cuz and i'm not going to console you you just going to cry i'm having an issue i need for you to be on my team right now but you're making this about you mm-hmm. we see it in education all the time we see it with black boys we see it with black girls in education we see it with you know students people students of color in schools a teacher will cry this is a kid I just dealt with that. I was like, I think
0: this substitute is scared of the kids. I'm like, how are you scared of nine little black kids? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what? What are these six year olds gonna do? Yeah. Um, But I will say, I um, our followers they know me Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I'm pretty direct. I'm straightforward. Mm-hmm. I got a good heart though. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you do. And so do. I, I love do. heart. I fight hard, but I have a high bar, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. have a high bar for myself first and foremost. And then I have
1: a high bar for others. He has a high bar for everybody who comes in contact with Yeah. <laughs> high bar. Um, But, but, but myself first.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that manifests at work. Mm-hmm. um, And it's, I'm straightforward, Mm -hmm. I'm assertive, I'm Mm -hmm. direct, I'm clear. Mm -hmm. I believe clear is kind, like Brene Brown, Mm -hmm. but not nasty, Mm -hmm. not aggressive, Mm -hmm. not bossy. Mm -hmm. And having a conversation that I think is appropriate at work Mm -hmm. about outcomes, Mm -hmm. delivery, expectations, Mm -hmm. all of those things. A colleague, a white woman, just started crying and saying I was aggressive and attacking her. And I was so shocked. Obviously, thinking about the baggage probably was in my subconscious from these other experiences, but I have a voice now.
1: Mm-hmm. And I said. And you have a learning. i have
0: learning now. Mm-hmm. And I know I have the tools mm-hmm. to. To, to respond. Yep. And I said, let's pause. You just said something that I'd like you to take back. If you don't take it back, you would have reached a point with me that you're not going to be able to walk back from. Crying started happening. And then I said, We've been working together for a while. So I want to make sure you hear me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need you to take this back. Mm-hmm. And then it was validated by, you know, I spoke to a black man about this and he agrees with me. And I my response was, okay, well, we could go on and on about the history of like black men and white women mm-hmm. and the 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 lack of trust that black women have in those situations Mm -hmm. and Emmett Till and what happens when black men get around white women and how they don't defend black women and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. So that's not a valid argument. And so it kind of ended at an impasse of like, you know, going forward, I just won't meet with her, you know, alone um, unless it's like very clear what the agenda is Mm -hmm. and and all of those things. But Mm -hmm. that was a very shocking experience again Mm -hmm. that that those words were used Mm -hmm. we know that you don't say Mm -hmm. that a black woman is a um, angry angry or aggressive Mm -hmm. um and i think and and this is again the double-mindedness that we have to go through i think that if if i was a white man would you have felt this way? Mm-hmm. Would you have been crying? Mm-hmm. Would you have felt that this was aggressive? Or would you have thought, oh, this is a regular conversation that people at work talk about yep. as it relates to like doing your job? Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> and um, the fact that we have to go through those cycles, the fact that we have to constantly mm-hmm. feel like we have to educate, protect ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, explain, explain. Mm-hmm. And I'm super self-aware. And so I'm a pretty upbeat person. But I do, I manage even when I get upset mm-hmm. at work mm-hmm. because I don't want to be the angry black woman. I yep. think I only have one time. Yeah. Yep. Right. And mm-hmm. so I don't do it. Yep. And so to to feel like somebody was saying that, I'm like, oh, this could cost me my job. That was my first thought. Yeah. All this work that I've done, yes. all this capital that I've built, yes. all of my brand could mm-hmm. literally be tarnished mm-hmm. because of this one meeting with this one person who is using, you know, a, a microaggressive language, language yep. and, mm-hmm. and and crying. Mm-hmm. And because I'm not going to cry mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. work,
1: mm-hmm. then who,
0: who's going to be consoled?
1: Yep, yep. And rarely is it the Black woman that's consoled. Rarely back is, to it, is, it, is it the Black woman who's going to be believed. Um, we see it, you know, in media all the time. If we see a person, they will gravitate towards a white person, a white woman, especially if she's crying, if she, if she's in distress, but then, you know, we're strong, so they'll be all right. Like they'll get it together. And um, so, I mean, it's hard even just hearing you talk about that because I know that pains you. And I know that you know, this is in your place of work where you build credibility, not just internally, but externally, like in the community. And we also know it only takes one thread. It only takes one, one thread just to just loosen up that whole fabric. And I think that's why this situation with
0: Claudine Gay is so triggering because mm-hmm. it just validates it mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because I mean, again, I mean, I'm I'm on threads where people are like, "Well, she plagiarized." I'm like, "Let's walk it back." First mm-hmm. of all, she was found not guilty, but second of all, are we really going back to her like first real writing in her dissertation yeah. that about 1997. And again, she made it all the way to be the president of Harvard, mm-hmm. yeah. and and I'm sure it was vetted and s- scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has probably like security clearance type. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And now this comes out? Mm-hmm. So did yep. they already know it and mm-hmm. was using
1: it, it was going to hold it as a carrot? So there's yep. distrust there. I mean, the other distrust is, you know, the board really rallied behind her, right? So we thought, hey, we're good. Like, the board was like, you're fine. You're good. Go forth. And then, But
0: that was the public statement. That was the public What happened statement? behind closed we doors? We don't know
1: what happened behind. Well, I think we can fathom what happened behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. because again, the holiday break, you know, all these things happen. And now the first week, everyone's back at work, all of this comes to light. And it's just kind of, and then your mind goes to, well, the board said this, you know, what? she still resigned. And did she really resign? Well, and she said, (laughs) You know,
0: it's it's basically paraphrasing it was too much noise around me, mm-hmm. and I want to do what's best for the institution. And one of the things that I have struggled with as I think about upward mobility is that everybody's fine with you when mm-hmm. you're at their level. Yes, they're not fine with you when mm-hmm. you're the black woman in charge. Mm-hmm. And you have to constantly, again, fight for your position, fight for your voice. And that's why I always will fight for a title. Mm -hmm. And people will say, well, titles don't matter. I'm like, it does if you're a black woman. Titles determine what rooms you're in. Titles
1: determine how people treat you, how they respect you, Mm -hmm. like all of those things. And I always say we are mistitled. Oh, a thousand percent. All the time because we are not elevated because we're mistitled. Mm -hmm. We're doing all the work. Someone comes in and you have to teach them their job. You should be doing that job. Yeah. And so, you should be
0: switching. And you'd be yeah. like, let me coach you <laughs> properly in the title and the pay.
1: Yes. And the pay, the benefits, all of the things that you would actually receive if you were at the right title that you were supposed to have. Mm-hmm. So I wholeheartedly agree. Titles matter. And, I th- I, and so again, going back to that. So now it's okay through all of
0: the noise in the Senate, your plagiarism, you know, accusation that was unfounded. You can still stay and be on our staff. You can't be in charge. Yeah. And I think that's to me just like brings it back full circle to everything that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. The most unprotected person Mm -hmm. in America is Mm -hmm. the black woman. Yeah. Yeah. Because as long as you're not the person in charge, Mm as long as you're not the voice, as Mm -hmm. long as you're not this, Mm -hmm. we're fine with you. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I've thought about like what I want to be when I grow up. And I'm always like, huh, I've got ambitions. But I just don't know how people respond to me being in charge.
1: Agreed. And could I be in charge at this place or mm-hmm. that place? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, because we have both of us are in community. You know, I'll be moving into a larger, more expansive role in community. And, um, and I'm even thinking about that, you know, as well. Like, okay, wow, this just happened. You know, she's given six months. Now, I've been, you know, involved in this board for I don't know eight years now but you just never know this I'm like she's been at Harvard for an extensive amount of time you never know and then for people to say oh you shouldn't think like that well
0: you you don't we don't have the privilege (laughs) not to
1: (laughs) yeah like okay but I mean it's it's there it's there it shouldn't be there but it's there Mm -hmm. and so the other thing just
0: kind of going to the black man is that I know there are, this is not a general, like everybody, of course, but just seeing them advocate and be on the front lines for us, like we fight so hard for them, mm-hmm. or even in the workplace, sometimes they almost disassociate and like can use like the patriarchy a little mm-hmm. bit and then go towards the man side yep. and to be accepted, like, tr- smoking cigars, doing bourbon, but you know, are they like, Strategizing and thinking of like, how can I bring this sister in? Mm-hmm. And I just don't, and I've not felt that except for one time in yeah. my career. It's yeah. been almost twenty years, but mm-hmm. and
1: I have worked with more
0: black men mm-hmm.
1: than I have black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been burned, you know, by a black man who um, was also, you know, in one of the Ivy League, you know, programs, and um, and I wholeheartedly feel like it's systemic. Because you're so ingrained into that system, you wanna assimilate so deeply into that system that, you know what, this is not gonna work. And even if you look at their team, there are no people of color on that team. The only he's the only person. And I'm like, No what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is crazy to me. But And part of
0: that is because you, you're you afraid once you get into a position that if you even hire one person of color, that it's like you're doing it just because they're that, right? Mm-hmm. You're constantly having the fight that they're not the most qualified, but that's just because they're a person of color. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you don't want to jeopardize yourself because mm-hmm. you feel like you've had to fight to get there mm-hmm. and earn the spot. Mm-hmm. So it's like,
1: how do I not rock the boat? Yeah. just pick all white teams so they know, you know. Yep. yep. And I mean, I just think that just does us all a disservice uh, as well, because I mean, we really need to be partners. We need to be rallying together. If there's information that you know, if there's something that you need to teach, be willing to educate, be willing to provide awareness, be willing to provide some coaching. But likewise, also see the benefit of that person coaching you up. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know everything. No one knows everything. No you have to have everything. a learner mindset. Yes, yes,
0: yes. I don't think people are malicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't just normally grav- grav- gravitate towards that. But just because you're not doing it on purpose doesn't mean you're not inflicting harm. Mm-hmm. And then that harm is trauma to mm-hmm. someone else, yes. right? And you, once you do it, you can say, sorry, but you did it. Mm-hmm. And now we're still got to process and work through it and you, it carries with you. And mm-hmm. like I still remember that man who said that to me in 2006, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, And that has been with me my mm-hmm. whole career.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Through all the things that you experience and then you see other people around you experience and then you see a couple of, of exceptions, but that's just small, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think to your earlier point, like how do you protect your mind, your heart, like the
1: self-care piece? Like mm-hmm. how, what what would you say? Well, I think for this, because, you know, there have been traumatic things that, you know, I've read that I've seen specifically as it pertains to our children, our black men um, always under attack, you know, due to um, uh, policing and all of those things. But, um, and so it sometimes, you know, deeply reading but sometimes removing myself completely because i have to you know protect my mental health for this though i was like i'm you know reading threads i'm you know reading twitter i'm reading black twitter (laughs) like i'm on all of it i'm reading um essence i'm reading the post uh i'm reading um so many other articles out here because i'm like surely there's something i'm missing surely there is And so again, like I mentioned before, like I just had to meditate and pray because I was just like, I know this is just hard and it's going to be hard because you're going to always question yourself. Why did I say this? Why did I make this move? You know, if I had said it this way, could it have turned out differently? Mm -hmm. And literally this whole situation, I know it's, you know, we're focused on you, but it's really not even about you. It's a larger issue, right? So then I have to think about the larger issue, which again goes to systemic racism. It just does. And, you know, the barriers that come with that, the weight that comes with that. How can I make a difference in where I'm planted and where I sit right now, just to Mm. make certain that someone has access to something so that someone knows the real about something? Um, that I'm able to help coach someone up so that they don't have to have like this disparaging feeling, you know, all the time. Where can I make a difference in where I sit right now? It's something that I can do right now, mm-hmm. but um, this is going to sit with me like for a while, though. And so kind of as we start to think about, you know,
0: uh, how we want to you know, give an action or a challenge mm-hmm. to our, to our mm-hmm. listeners, I think that's the thing that you said better than me this whole time we've been talking is that we are always thinking, we as in black women, what can I do? Mm -hmm. How do I make it better? Mm -hmm. Do we feel like there are people alongside us that are thinking, how do I make this better for black women specifically? Mm -hmm. Not lumping it into people of color, not lumping it into just women, not lumping it into black, Mm -hmm. like black women who's beside us. To That's thinking, how do we make it better? Mm -hmm. Because we're thinking it, but we can't do it by ourselves. We can't. And I I think when I said what keeps me up at night, you know, the two groups you think that Mm -hmm. are kind of adjacent to the Mm -hmm. black man, white woman, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There are some. But I don't know that I feel like in the collective mm-hmm. that the, the conversation that black men have in their circles is yes. like, what are we doing for black women? Yeah. And the conversations that white women are having in their circles, like, what are we doing for black women? But we do that. We're mm-hmm. like, how do we help women? Mm-hmm. How do we help black men? Yes. How do we help the children? <laughs> how do we help um, Palestine and Israel? How you do we help? Pray I in mean, here. you gotta say it. You preaching and, now, and that's the part when I say it keeps me up at night mm-hmm. because we got little people. We do, and I just don't know who's looking out for them besides me and mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So with that. You know we could go on and on, we my could, friend, girl. We could, but I'm glad that we took time out to do this bonus episode to just kind of unpack. I mean, this was super cathartic for me because mm-hmm. the clotting Gay situation was bothering me, and we both called each other and almost said the same thing <laughs> at the same time. We did. And then within 24 hours, I think <laughs> we were in here um, to to get this off our chest, and I hope it provides healing mm-hmm. and and space for conversations for all of our listeners. Um, Please, please, please like, follow, subscribe wherever you're listening to the Behind the Throne podcast. And we look forward to catching you on the other side of season three. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Behind the Throne podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our channel and comment below with your feedback. Check out future episodes from us as we discuss motherhood from babies to adults.